head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around The podcast that was Secretary of State but didn't read the Good Friday Agreement The whole bloody thing was in Irish so we didn't know what the fuck any of it meant Sponsored by the Bradley Brothers Circus, we've got all the exotic animals that you could ever want. Zebras, even a lion. (laughs) (laughs) I think Clive is going to be the only person who maybe didn't get that, uh, for political reasons. Um, Clive, are you up to date on that reference, or do you need it explaining? Um, I mean, I laughed just because Flux delivered it very funnily. Um, (laughs) No, I, I mean, I assume it's Red Dead, and there's a circus that only has... Very few exotic animals. Is that correct? Yeah, you're more or less spot that's on. Basically, yeah, that's basically yeah. the gist. That's yeah, decisive. Yeah, yeah. Well, well done, Flux. You've delivered it in a way that... Yeah, um, they always say that half of comedy is timing. I think <laughs> in that other case... half is Al explaining it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, here, you're here for Stick Around <laughs> Games, um, our second comically late uh, best of lists. Um, I'm here with games experts, James Flux. Hello there. Uh, Clive Fisher. Ahoy, hoy. And Dave Peeling. Howdy. I left you third there because I thought you were going to anticipate me doing another correspondent joke, which I haven't done in a while now. <laughs> I thought I'd let you sweat honest, a little bit. I've forgotten about you know. it. Thank uh, you. <laughs> how are we all doing anyway? Um, been playing many games recently. I've played uh, since I've got back a lot of a game, um, not really games, which I'll go into later when I talk about my list. There's, there's an unexpected entry on there that'll blow your minds, or at least maybe some of your minds. I don't know. Okay, cool. So, so yes, I know. <laughs> I also oh, just so people know, this one's going to have a slightly different format to our um, best Ooh. of films list. There's going to be a top three uh, because. We've all been very lazy and nobody's really been playing that many games released this year. So yeah, let's get things going. Uh, We're going to go straight to uh, Old London Town, the Big Smoke, uh, where a freshly trimmed, freshly faced Dave Peeling has his number three. (laughs) Thank you very much, Al. So yeah, I think I'm probably today's reason why we're only doing three, having um, (laughs) done some... Uh, research for today's episode Uh, I surprised myself very much by learning that I've only played three games released in 2018 Um, and only two of those were genuinely for the first time released in 2018 I've been playing a lot of I thought you were going to say good then (laughs) well we'll get to that (laughs) number three's actually Um, (laughs) good I have been playing an awful lot of computer games I've really not slowed down in the amount of hours that I've been putting in but um, it's not been varied. It's not really been different. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that a little bit later on, I'm sure. All of these I, I'll be going through today, I've already reviewed on Stick Around. Um, so I'll, I'll give them a kind of light touch uh, thoughts this time. Um, so coming in at my number three this year is uh, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. Now, uh, this originally came out in 2014 on Wii U, and that's how (laughs) up-to-date I am. Um, But it did only 
come out on the Switch, which is where I played it uh, in 2018. So it counts, bitches. Um, I'm letting you have it. I'll allow <laughs> it. Nintendo, I'll allow you, it. You get it. Yeah. Um, so Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker is a um, it's a Nintendo platformer where you take the part of uh, play the part of Captain Toad, who's the mushroom guy. For anyone who isn't familiar with the vernacular, and you um, you take him through a series of quite small, quite um, dainty little platformers the interesting feature of them being that they are very 3d and you can use the camera in fact you have to use the camera to um, rotate all the way around a level almost um kind of like trying some of them are almost like trying to solve uh rubik's cubes where you have you, you move something on one side of the map and you you rotate the camera around and reveal that it's done something on the other side that you might not have known about there are dozens and dozens of levels to this game. Uh, what's quite a lot of fun about it is that there's only um, there's only a few minutes needed to to clear each. Although they all come with lots of layers of detail that can bring you coming back to them um, to find extra power ups or solve them in new ways or complete them in in quick time. Um, Toad can't jump, so that adds a level to the that adds a kind of component to the game, um, which means that they don't have to be particularly particularly large but also is a is a trope that um is you don't often see in platformers particularly kind of in the world of mario where obviously he's quite famous for being able to prance around <laughs> um so yeah that so uh captain toe's treasure tracker i found to be a lot of fun uh it's a great little game i think it suits the switch really well you can just jump in on a, on a quick um quick bus journey or something like that and um yeah it comes in at number i nearly said five but i mean three for me <laughs> right i'm guessing clive you're probably the most likely person to have also played this uh, did you have any thoughts um yeah i played this back in 2014 i can't remember if it made my list then that's probably the first year we did a list possibly um yeah i really like captain toad and i want to get it because i know there's a, some extra levels on the old DLC, so I might at some point when it's on the sa- in sale. On sale? I'm struggling with English. Um, I will probably buy it on the Switch and play it because, yeah, like Dave says, I can imagine it's a really good um, system to play it on because it is kind of small and puzzly and all the levels are really short. So, And I'm glad it's um, getting more of an audience and I'm glad they're bringing a lot of the Wii U stuff over because, yeah, no one had a Wii U except me. So, <laughs> yeah. It is great. It's very kind of unique. There isn't really anything like it. And like Dave says, the the lack of a jump mechanic is pretty cool and adds a lot to the... Yeah, makes it more of a puzzler than a, yeah. <laughs> a standard yeah, Nintendo yeah, yeah, platformer. Sure. How, how would you describe it, <clears throat> the difficulty level? Because that sounds like something I might be interested in. Uh, but I'm not generally that great at puzzling games. Uh, pretty straightforward, I think. I don't right, think, okay. yeah, I don't think anything's going to really super challenge you. Um that's it's not um yeah they're not mind not mind benders by any means but there's enough there to keep you entertained and um when you get through the first time it'll kind of reveal to you some little challenges that you can then go back and kind of that's where it sometimes gets a little bit more um intricate perhaps but yeah fairly fairly straightforward (laughs) okay cool 
Uh, right then, let's travel to... Clive, where, where are you nowadays? At the minute, I'm in Doncaster. Let's go to the home of Trello, I believe it was called. <laughs> um, and I wonder if that still exists, actually. I'm not sure. <laughs> Probably Donca- Doncaster's finest nightclub. Uh, Clive, what do you have for us at number three? Someone once got their head stuck in a girder in Trillo. Um, that, that's was, something I overheard on the train. Was that not you? Uh, no. In my <laughs> head, that story evolved to being s- you. Who's ever reported a story of their own head being stuck in a fence by describing it no. as someone else? Someone was on a train to Doncaster or something, I can't remember, going on about how they'd got their head stuck in a girder at Trillo. Apparently, it wasn't me. It's now it's now called Kooky. It has um, two point seven stars on Google. Oh well, it's... it sounds like it's probably improved then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I went, there was literally. <laughs> it was, I think it was the first cl- nightclub I ever went to, and there was the, up, the upstairs floor has like this glass panel, so you can see right down onto the bottom floor. And while I was there, there was a literal sort of archery battle of people throwing bottles from e- at each other from other sides of the dance floor, nice. and then um, like. They had to get the bouncer from pretty much everywhere in Doncaster, so there were like 25 bouncers just rugby tackling everyone. And I was just watching it from the top uh, while this music was blaring out. It's a really memorable moment for me, but um, not necessarily in a good way, um, because you had to go to the downstairs floor to get out. So I think felt like Doncaster Doncaster is also the only town in the UK that still has a um, a wimpy burger, as far as I'm aware. Or it did the last time I was there, nah, which is quite a while ago. They've got wimpies in London, mate. What? No, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one in Richmond. There's one in Croydon. Yeah, I've been to two different Wimpies in London. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's one. There's in one. There's one in Newark. Well, Trent, Trent, well everybody well. stop <laughs> contradicting me, please. I mean, <laughs> the one in the Broadmarsh is being renovated in Nottingham. You're you're talking out your wow, ass, mate. They're even renovating him out. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Right, Clive. We were trying to make anyway, dead, but anyway, <laughs> what have you got? Number three. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to be stupid. There are 64 in five very quickly. Oh, shut up! Shut <laughs> up! <laughs> you more. This One is in the... Wales. <laughs> Al, you should drive around with a bus, a red bus. You know, just putting on, put that fact on there. Oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> See what happens. Um, right, my. I'm just going to whiz through very quickly. Number five, I've got Shadow of the Colossus, which Al will approve of. Brilliant uh, which game. The remastered Brilliant one game. came out on PS4. Basically, a dude. Dude riding around on a horse uh, and you kill big bosses, but it's got lots of big open areas. Very cool. Uh, Night in the Woods, number two. Fuck off, number four. <laughs> uh, which all came out on the Switch in last year in 2018, but was uh, on other consoles in 2017. I played it on the Switch, so it counts. Um, a really good kind of 2D story game um, about essentially a cat that's... A, how do you call... What do you call like a... When a human's represented by an animal, there's a word. Anthropomorphic or something like that. Yeah, that that word. She comes back from college. She's she's dropped out. Um, it's basically a game about depression, and it's yeah, it's very good, very good. And number three, the big surprise is FIFA 19. Wow, um, Clive's gone mainstream, because, people. <laughs> yeah, absolute twat. Now, <laughs> I just play FIFA 19. And throw bottles at people that look like immigrants, including myself. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think we'll know what his number one is as well. If his number three is FIFA, it's got to be Call of Duty. Cod, 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 Well, you just, you just wait. <laughs> you just wait for number so, one. So, yeah, FIFA 19. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, FIFA 19 is great. Obviously, it wouldn't, wouldn't be number three. But it's kind of... I, I was making my list, and I noticed that all the games that I'd played were before June, um, or before whenever. I think it came out in August, FIFA, didn't it? <laughs> and then as soon as FIFA came out, I hadn't played any other games, <laughs> which uh, is a bit of a testament to how addicted to I got to it. How addicted I got to it. Um, I played Ultimate Team, and the reason I've got into it is because... Usually my issue with FIFA is that everything around the actual gameplay is great, but I just kind of hated the gameplay. It's kind of like smooth for the sake of being smooth and didn't feel like realistic and all the goals ended up being the bloody same and I just found it a bit annoying and you didn't really feel that in control of what was going on. On this FIFA, I really love it and it's the first time I've got into a football game since Pez in 2006, I believe, which everyone had Henri on the front. Um and yeah, so it's quite a big deal, I suppose. It's And the main thing is, it's satisfying when you score a goal because there's loads of different goals. There's lots of scrappy goals. And it just feels good to score and it's good to play. And there's more of more randomness in there in terms of the ball bouncing around. It just feels way more realistic. So I just kind of got addicted to the whole ultimate team mechanic of building up my team and playing against some of my friends here in Sheffield and ended up basically just playing a lot of that. It's very comfort foody because you can just play it. Every game's kind of 10 minutes long or 15 minutes so you know kind of what you're getting into and yeah it's quite hard for me to turn the console on and put anything else on <laughs> which is kind of annoying because it stopped me playing a lot of games like for example Red Dead just never got around to it just because I my brother I'm here at my mum's at the minute and my little brother's here as well and he's actually got Red Dead on Xbox so I could have played it but um, every time I'm just like oh, now nah, I'll put FIFA on because it's, it's quick and short and I know I'm going to have some fun even when I get thrashed um, and yeah it's just the gameplay is really really good there's loads of things around it to make it addictive like the the ultimate team is a bit of a cash grab but i've not really bought i think i bought one pack and um, you don't really need to buy the packs this year there's plenty of ways to get gain coins without doing it and especially now it's really easy to buy a really really good team um, without playing all that much so that's really good and it, it's the matchmaking's good like you get put in a division that's your level and that means you end up you know 50% of the time you win 50% of the time you lose pretty much um, which is nice and usually the games are pretty close and tight so yeah that really helps and also you're not gonna you do come up against some people with ridiculous teams but that means they're a bit shit because they're still in your division so it doesn't really matter <laughs> so it doesn't it, it is pay to win in a way if you're really bothered about being in division one I'm not I'm just bothered about having fun and playing close games against people online. Um, so yeah, for me, it was perfect. I loved it. I think I haven't really, there's loads of new modes like multiplayer things like heads and volleys and stuff like that that I've played against um, my friend Paul where you can only score with headers and volleys, obviously. And there's long range shots and stuff, which is interesting, adds a little bit of fun. But honestly, we just ended up playing classic teams most of the time and just played our, our, our sort of ultimate teams against each other. And that's the most fun we've had. So I haven't really delved into too many of the other modes, but yeah, just found it super fun and it's, you know, got me back into football. And like I say, in my opinion, the best football game, certainly that I've played since Pez 6, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was Pez 6. I really love Pez back in the day. And this is the first time a FIFA for me has actually had gameplay that I like. <laughs> Usually I've always been a Pez man and then Pez has annoyed me because of it doesn't have all the stuff around it uh, to make it as addictive and their, their kind of version of Ultimate Team is nowhere near as good. So yeah, it's refreshing that finally a FIFA is good. And that's why it's at my number three. <laughs> right, fantastic. That's a shock. I mean, I did know, to be fair, I did know you'd been playing this, but um, I didn't realise you rated it quite as highly. I thought it was going to be a guilty pleasure that you didn't reveal on air. 
No, mate, I'm, you know, I come across as a really hipster, but I, I love mainstream stuff. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Has anybody <laughs> else played this <clears throat> played this song? I'm guessing probably not, but um, maybe. Rather insulted, yeah, honestly. I certainly haven't. Well, I mean, to be fair, Dave, you know, you two nerds are not going to have played this really, are you? No. I just want, no. I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be back in Ludacris to Board Game Cafe if they ever found out. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. I haven't, I haven't played FIFA in a long time. The last the last FIFA I played uh, was just around someone's house, and I couldn't score. I could play, I could pass the ball around really well, but I couldn't get it in the net at all. I'm terrible at FIFA. Um, get this one. You might be better. I might be, I might be. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go to, I don't know, it's... Somewhere near Bolton, roughly. I think that's the general <laughs> gist of it. Yeah, that'll uh, do. That'll uh, do. Flux, what have you got at number three? Um, so, like Clive, I'll do a, a sort of quick rundown of what my four and five probably would have been. Um, number five probably would have been Overcooked 2. It's nothing new in terms of it's fairly similar Ooh. to the first one, but it is a great, fun game to play with friends. It, I, it, I imagine it doesn't hold up particularly well on its own single player. I've only played it around a friend's house, so. Um, but yeah, it's the it's the mayhem and the chaos that it creates that makes it fun. The biggest advantage I think of this one is there is an online multiplayer which there wasn't on the first, and given it's so focused on that, I, that that would be a big advantage. Um, but yeah, it is it is genuinely pretty fun. So that's probably been my number five, um, and my number four is a game that I got quite recently, um, and probably would have been higher on this list if it weren't such a good year for big solid titles uh, like AAA titles um, and that was Mario Tennis Aces I've only picked it up pretty recently so I've not played it loads but um, yeah it's a really good addition to the Mario Tennis franchise really fun um, kind of classic what you'd expect from Mario Tennis like ridiculous special moves and all that sort of stuff you could turn that off and there's lots of different modes but yeah I've, I've been playing that and it's uh, genuinely really enjoyable and really fun um, and whilst the kind of standard mode is a, a like story mode if you like is a bit ridiculous it accepts that it's pretty ridiculous and, and makes constant allusions to the surprise that the next challenge is going to be tennis related um, and kind of makes it clear that yeah we know this doesn't make sense but just roll with it um, so yeah that would probably be my number four my, what my number three will be is a game that I have reviewed previously in episode 32 um, and that's Marvel Spider-Man for the PlayStation um, it's a PlayStation exclusive um, and it was genuinely really really brilliant um, I, I, won't, I won't go into too much detail obviously you can go back to my previous review on it but um, yeah it was genuinely really fun kind of environment to be at web swinging properly not kind of sticking to something in the middle of the sky but genuinely having to work around the buildings and work your way around New York in a kind of style where if you've got high-rise buildings, fine, you can web swing, but if you haven't, you've got to kind of run and parkour your way around. Um, the story was perfectly well um, structured and perfectly well written and kind of served to showcase the kind of sides of Spider-Man that make it really great in the comics with kind of the sense of humour and the, the turning cheek of the difficulty of Peter Parker's life despite his incredible powers. Um, and yeah, just genuinely really, really enjoyable. It worked really well. Um, and I think I think I had high hopes for it. Um, obviously, 
I've previously reviewed Sunset Overdrive and said how great that was in terms of the movement, and this is the same. Um, Insomniac Studios, it's the same studio, so I, I had high hopes that it would work really well, and I wasn't disappointed. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, so that's why it's my number three. It's fantastic. I've played this as well. This is one of the few I'm going to be able to comment on. Um, I really, really enjoyed it for the same reason you did. I think um, the swinging between buildings just never really gets old. It's just um, they managed to... I, I don't know if it's just with the the almost visual effects or the kind of the noises. Just it feels like you really are sort of... You get the whooshing sound almost when you're swinging between things, uh, which is pretty epic. Was it just me who found it quite difficult to start with, though? Or am I just really rubbish? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can, I can feel that a bit. There was a, a bit of a steep learning curve when you're quite an underdeveloped character, particularly if you kind of skipped the side missions and went straight for the story. Yeah. So you didn't have a lot of the suits and stuff that gave you the special powers. It, it, yeah, it, could, it was. I found it a bit of a steep learning curve to get used to the fight mechanic. I thought it's partly because it is very similar in kind of style and tone to the Arkham series, and the combat is very similar but just different enough that it's not a direct copy. And yeah. I think I was trying to play... I was trying to play with the controls of Arkham City, which wasn't... It just wasn't quite working. Um, and so I thought it was that. But actually, if you found it difficult as well, then yeah, that's that maybe, it, maybe it is a bit of a steep learning curve at first. Um, but it definitely, it definitely evens out so that there's progression. Oh, yeah. It's not impossible by any means. Oh, it definitely does. I mean, at the start, I was kind of jumping into big gangs of uh, thugs, just thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to blast my way through these. And then I'd just die. And then it's just like, I need to have a bit more tactics to this. And he, you know, Spider-Man's not quite as invincible as I thought he was. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't actually finished it, uh, although I'm quite far along, I understand. But... Um, I've only played two games this year. This would be my number two. <laughs> quite the, uh, <laughs> quite the, uh, cl- oh, fuck, I'm struggling with English here. Um, indictment, and that's the opposite of what I'm after. <laughs> <laughs> indictment would be me going, yes, Spider-Man is terrible. And these are the reasons <laughs> why. Um, Dave, had you played this one? I feel like you had. No, I've not. No, um, no particular reason uh, other than just like with every other game I haven't played in 2018, I didn't get round to it. Fair enough. And I'm pretty certain you haven't, Clive, if I remember rightly. Uh, nah, I fucking hate Spider-Man. I mean, the whole thing's ludicrous. <laughs> <laughs> now that's uh, an I indictment. Yeah, that's I an indictment. Get, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't get around to playing it. No worries. It is, it's on the list because it does sound fun. It is, definitely. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm actually not that much of a Spider-Man fan. I don't fucking hate him, but... Yeah, um, so that's what's kind of made it not be that high up, but it does sound fun. I like the swinging around, the idea of swinging around the city with a web. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it, it, it's a cracking game. If I had one criticism, aside from the fact it's very difficult Ooh. to start with, it would be I. one thing that really annoys me, and I know lots of people love, is when every game tries to have RPG elements or too much of them. I don't like mm. things to be... Not everything needs to be that intricate. I think to start with, it's just like, oh, yeah, just let me get fucking on with it. Um, I can't. Everything's got a skill tree now, hasn't it? Yeah. And I'm just like, sometimes I don't need that. So I don't need to be deciding that, you know, which I know some people would say, well, it gives you more freedom, way to play. And that, I get that. But, you know, 
yeah, for me, it's not necessary in every game, but that's a minor criticism as what to what was an incredibly fun game to play. Right. Uh, well, let's. I think we're on to number twos now. Then. Um, yeah. Right, Dave. Uh, what else have you played this year? So I'm not even going to say the se- you know the second best game you've played this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Um, just before I begin, I'd just like to point out that the only wimpy in South Yorkshire is in Rotherham. Right, okay. Oh. So you are, I mean, just very famous. Massively wrong, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, were, there definitely used to be one in Doncaster, because I remember I got stuck there once. All right, yeah. And I had so, to go. I went and got a wimpy, because I just was like, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, stop living in the past. Is that what you're basing your fact on? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a well, wimpy out at Doncaster, so a wimpy you've never seen once. Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's just like a bit naff, really, isn't it? I mean, who goes to wimpy? It's like you know, a relic from the nineties. Uh, apparently, everybody goes to wimpy. You've uh, never stopped going on about it. It's like yeah. that. Um, have you ever seen that interview with Paul Sykes? I think it's Paul Sykes. And he's, oh <laughs> yeah, in his yeah. Garden. And he's, got, he's just chatting a load of shit, and one of them's like, "I don't need the Daily Mail or the, the Daily Mirror. I just go out and have a look around." <laughs> 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 I am going to manipulate this. Um, I'm actually going to take over editing duties for this one. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you laugh now, but you know, I'd like I'm going to see it happen. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to your game. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, we, we're down to my top two. Both of these two now were released in 2018 for the first time ever. Um, and both of these games I've really enjoyed and have both definitely um, taken the most time out of my life in 2018 Uh, one continues to do so even today Um, so coming in at number 2 for me is Battlefield 5 Battlefield 5 is the the latest um, the latest in the Battlefield series think in fact it's number I want to say six oh yeah number 16 in the Battlefield series Battlefield 5 being the sequel to Battlefield 1 it's uh, a first person shooter and it contains a lot of the features of Battlefield 1 which I, I definitely did speak about uh, this time last year it's uh, this time the game is set in World War 2 ostensibly uh, but unlike Battlefield 1, this the, the kind of scope of this game is somewhat trimmed down and uh, I think the gameplay is improved but improved by it. It contains all the kind of game types that players of the series will be used to, but includes a couple more this time uh, that, that, that haven't been in previous instalments, including Grand Operations, which is four-day-long battle, with each day being a different game mode, um, the idea being that it's supposed to kind of replicate some of the larger-scale campaigns of, uh, of the Second World War. You start off with paratroopers landing, trying to take artillery pieces, and it ends in close-fought uh, operations with a battle royale mode between the, um, the 50 players on, on the battlefield. Unlike previous versions of this game, there's much much more of a emphasis on squad play, and I found that to be particularly enjoyable. There's there's definitely a feeling from people that you've never met before, and you might not even be talking to over the headset, that um, they're they're playing to try and get the squad to win and the squad to do well. 
now uh, every player in the squad can revive someone else uh, from their own squad. There is a medic class that can revive anyone from the team, um, any one of the 25 people on your, on your team. But in your four-man squad, you can revive others, albeit at a much slower rate than medic. So it doesn't, it doesn't add a kind of invincibility to playing close together, but it does reward not running off and going off and doing your own thing. Um, and it celebrates tactics a little bit more, including, you know, you have to think a little bit about where people might be running into a building or something like that, and knowing that you'll always have backup in, in, in someone else who can come and, and pick you up off the floor afterwards. The game has been criticised for its for its smaller scope. For example, there are only two uh, nations kind of featured in the game, the British and the, and the Germans, uh, and there are at this point quite a small number of maps. But that said, I found the gameplay to be well varied enough that it's kept me entertained for a long time. As I say, the squad play is a, is a brilliant dynamic. The uh, different squad types are well balanced. I think the weapons across different classes are are are, are well uh, are well attuned to different people's play types. So there are no obvious kind of super nerfers and 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 one shot kill type things that. Uh, greatly disbalanced the, the play of a game. Some things that EA have done with this game in response to criticism about loot boxes and things like that that have taken from other games is that there is no paid for DLC or content in Battlefield Five at all. The only uh, the only updates to the game that will come uh, will all be free to all players of the game at all stages and all levels. So the game continues to evolve, it continues to add new new, uh, new maps. A Firestorm mode is coming to the game later this month, which is going to be a 100-player Battle Royale mode, um, which has been developed, interestingly, by Criterion Games, uh, kind of side commissioned from the main developers of the game EA. Um, and... Um, there is a continuous progression called uh, Tides of War where weekly challenges are set which earn you XP to, to earn unlocks. But as I say, all those unlocks are only available by playing through these these challenges that are issued every week that are supposed to give you the sense of a kind of campaign. And they seem, they're, they're up and running for at least the next few months. This game's been out since November now. And there's still lots of people on servers. There's still lots of updates coming. There's still lots of tweaks being made. And I find it to be uh, one of the best multiplayer first-person shooters that uh, I've ever played. I think think it's a really good game. Um, It's suffered a lot from its timing. It's released right after another couple of massive AAA games. Um, And I think criticism of other EA multiplayer games probably affected the, the numbers on release plus probably it's um, how close it was released to Battlefield 1 uh, basically about a year later which means that lots of people will still be on Battlefield 1 servers I'm sure and not necessarily willing to spend another chunk of money on another game that on the face of it you could you could definitely make an argument was quite similar um, but I think is a is a marked improvement, and I, I've definitely enjoyed playing Battlefield Five. It's my number two. Excellent. Um, not a series of games I've ever played, although very familiar with. Um, did you? Am I making this up, Clive, or did you start playing this? 
Or is this another bit of my fake news? You may, this is another bit of fake news. I've not actually, this is the first I've really heard much about uh, this game, so it's good to hear about it, Dave. Um, because it kind of, well, I think, I guess, like, because of the reason you say loads of AAA games came out before it, I guess I went off not that long after it came out, and I just don't remember hearing. I kind of forgot it existed until I got back earlier and looked on the PSN store and saw Battlefield 5. I was like, oh, what's that? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's. It, it, it's it's had lots of critical. Uh, it's done quite well critically, um, but its its sales figures have been a massive disappointment to EA, mm. and they've also made this commitment to not monetize the game going forward um, by you know selling this this additional content. So it might yeah for them it might it might struggle, and I hope it doesn't damage the model because yeah sure. You know, I, I, I for one think it's a it's a great you know a great feature that it's gonna stay as a level playing field for everyone on it for as long as it's about. Yeah, definitely. Because I guess the problem before was if you bought one of the expansion things, then you could then only be matched with people who'd also bought that, which then splintered like the the player base and stuff. Whereas this just means everyone's got the same stuff. Excellent. Okay. Um, oh, I forgot. I forgot what the order is now. Um, I want to say Clive next. Was it Clive? I think that's yeah, right, yeah. Get that one in the edit. Um, yeah, over to... <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, <maybe laughs> uh, over to... We're going to expose you, Over Al. to the home of the UK's only Wimpy Burger. Once again, I will reiterate. <laughs> uh, Clive Fisher, uh, what have you got at number two? <laughs> um, I have got Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on the Nintendo Switch, which came out, I, can't, I think it was at the start of December, just before Christmas. Um, I'm a massive Super Smash Brothers fan in general. Um, I've loved all the past games. This is, in a, in a way, more of the same. So I'm not going to talk massively about it, but it's just so big, extensive. It's got you know 73 characters now. Bear in mind, the first one on the N64 had eight, or maybe I think it was eight, and then it went to 12 with the unlockables. It's been gradually getting more and more. We've now got 73, um, and yeah, there are some clone ones that are similar, but there's also a hell of a lot of variety in the different types of characters like you know villager from animal crossing plays completely different to link from zelda um you know just weird quirky moves that you wouldn't see in other fighting games one of villagers moves for example is to literally plant a tree water it and then chop it down onto someone's head (laughs) um, which is quite a lengthy quite a lengthy process to pull off but if you do it's incredibly satisfying because i mean it's just amazing you the tree lands on someone's head and then they go flying off the screen brilliant um, Super Smash Bros. For those who don't know, is like it's it's obviously a fighting game, a two D kind of fighting game. It's a bit different in that a it's usually four players. You can play it two players, and competitively, it's usually played two player. But the the thing that's cool about it is that you can have up to eight players um, playing on one screen at a time. And instead of kind of knocking your opponents out, um, you knock them off the screen. So when they when they get hit, the the percentages go up at the bottom, and the higher your percentages, the further you go flying. Um, every time you get hit and obviously if you've for example got 200 percent, that means that someone basically only needs to tap you and you're going to go flying off the screen and um, so it's a little bit of a different dynamic to, to most fighting games it's way more like i don't i've tried to get into other fighting games street fighter i can't remember what other ones there's there's other ones <laughs> and i just get i get annoyed with the combo thing i can't handle like i don't want to press and remember that i need to go b a b b up down bloody you know some sort of cheat code just to pull off a punch uh, and uh, that's always the the hold up this game doesn't have as, as combo as it gets is you need to press one direction and a button 
um, which makes way more sense to me. It's like, okay, I'm going to punt. I'm going to do this move in that direction. <laughs> uh, I'm cool with that. I don't need to do anything else. Um, and yes, there's still a variety of moves. Like each character has still quite a few moves, but obviously not as many as, say, Street Fighter, but there's enough. And there's enough depth there to make it to, you know, get really good at the game or you can get into it really quickly and get okay just by, you know, playing a little bit and getting to grips with the different um, characters. And I mean, the best thing to do is just pick one and get good with them because they are all quite different. So you might be great with one and then utterly shite with someone else. But it's good. It was great at Christmas. Like everyone got playing it, and even people who hadn't really played that many video games started to get good. And it wasn't, and because of it's got that classic Nintendo thing of ridiculous items all the time, which means that even someone who is a lot better will occasionally lose because they'll just get smashed off and get really unlucky. And I like that kind of stuff. But you can turn it off, and that's the thing that's really good about this. You can. It's so customizable. You can turn all the items off. You can do millions of different things. Like you can basically just play the game how you want to play it. You can. Just, go through each specific item and turn <laughs> the ones that you don't like off and uh, the, the kind of customization in the game is is ridiculous and it's like i say got the 73 characters got about 100 or so stages which is also ridiculous loads of stages so it's just endless and endless content content i'm going to be playing this for a long long time and especially multiplayer when people come around um the spirits mode single player thing was I, I got into it a bit i need to get more into it and start playing it again didn't find it all that engaging so i just ended up playing uh, the kind of multiplayer mode but against computers because i like doing that and learning all the different characters for me that's uh you know a fun way to spend the hours to try to get to grips with as many characters as i can and it's something you could literally spend bloody hours and hours on because there's that many of them but yeah for me i just even though i haven't necessarily played again a bit like fifa all the modes of the game the time i've had with the game has just been super fun and i know this is one that you know i'll be playing until the next smash bros comes out so it's fantastic it's you know i don't think you're gonna get more for your money than you do in this game <laughs> if you're into it there's just sakurai the guy the the game sort of lead designer just puts his heart and soul into it he puts a ridiculous amount of content in there and also there's um i think there's five dlc characters coming the first one's joker from persona 5 i think he's coming next month at some point and then there'll be four more as well so i'm excited to see what those end up being and then we'll be close to 80 characters which absolute madness so yeah super smash brothers brilliant multiplayer game um not so great single player probably for most people unless you're a bit nerdy like me and like actually like playing against i just love putting eight players on seven computers and then me and just you know twatting the hell out of them and uh, just it's just complete chaos but i kind of love it and <laughs> it's a little bit like fifa where you can turn it on and be okay i'm gonna have a three minute game and just have a bit of fun and yeah it's not really getting me anywhere but it's just fun and i suppose that's what the game is essentially so yeah super smash brothers ultimate on switch is my number two is solid snake still a character Yes, oh, that's the thing. They've brought back every character from the previous game. Oh, okay. So yes, Solid Snake's in there. Every every Mewtwo's back in there. Everyone who's been in it at some point is now in it, as well as a bunch of new people like Inkling from Splatoon, uh, King K. Rule from Donkey Kong is now a character. There's tons, tons and tons of characters. And they're all really different, except for, like I say, there are some clones. For example, all the Fire Emblem characters are pretty similar. And usually if the character's got a sword, they're not all that different. <laughs> but... There's still enough variety there, yeah. Cool. Uh, I was I always liked Smash Brothers games. I've never been very good at them, though. I've never been good at any fighting games, really, but um, they were always a lot of fun. Like, uh, they pick up and play, aren't they? 
you could theoretically win without being brilliant at them, a little bit like Mario Kart, as long as you've got some game skills, I suppose. Have you have you um have you been playing anybody else from Stick Around? Um, I've not. I want to. I don't know who else has got it. I guess we'll find out because <laughs> I got it just before I kind of went travelling, so didn't get to figure out or play much online. And also, the internet here is not great. Has anyone else got it? No. Um, well, this is where I'll shoehorn my number two into the ring, which is <laughs> oh. uh, which is Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yes. yes I, I'm absolutely <laughs> okay, right. see that's that, that's weird because most people try and like force their number two out of their ring but yeah oh. there's always one to lower the tone very very sorry <laughs> <laughs> well give us your take Flux yeah. what do you think yeah I very much agree with Clive I've been playing this absolutely tons I got it as a Christmas present and have barely put it down um it is, it is absolutely brilliant. I think I've probably got into the kind of single-player modes perhaps a bit more than you, Clive, from the sounds of things. Yeah, it um, sounds like it. And, and the cool. one thing I would say in terms of Clive saying it's not for single-player, I, I can see that some people might find it repetitive if it's a single-player, but I've really got into it. There are several single-player-based modes rather than just doing the fight. So there's like the um, sort of classic arcade mode of playing ever more difficult fights along a sort of theme and they throw in a few bonuses and stuff and that classic mode there's like a one versus a hundred mode where enemies keep spawning and you've just got to stay alive effectively as long as you can try and beat the hundred it's pretty difficult i've only done that with a couple of characters um actually managed to get through the full hundred um and i've been playing the spirits mode as well um in what would seem to be a bigger way than new clouds and it is massive my god it yeah, it does seem honestly huge. <laughs> huge. I got to what I thought was the end, and there was still an area I hadn't discovered yet. And oh my god, it is massive! Um, and it, if you're a fan of like the sort of, it rewards you through if you're a, sort of someone who really enjoys like collecting things. So the way the spirits modes work is you have your fighter, which is one of the characters from the game, and you gradually unlock those fighters as you go around the map. Um, but also you attach to them a spirit from which is one of thousands of different characters from different games or different items and things like that and you build something that improves your skills so some spirits will have like certain bonuses so that you start the match as a giant character or you start as metal or your smashes charge faster or something like that and you kind of customize that to get better and you gradually unlock more and stronger spirits as you go around the game that you can manipulate with do your choice of character as well to kind of come up with combinations to beat the specific challenges of the other spirits that the computer players are using. Um, and yeah, the kind of collectible aspect of collecting all those spirits and completing challenges to get those, um, I found really, really enjoyable. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been playing it tons as well. And I can see the criticism that some people might say it's repetitive because despite the amount of customization, which Clive is absolutely right, ultimately it does come down to you and some other characters in a stage battling it out and punching and kicking and shooting each other. And I can get that some people might be like, oh yeah, this is fun for a bit, but once you kind of have got reasonable at it, going, no, it's just the same all the time. But I absolutely haven't found that at all. Um, I've been getting Mm. into it big time. There's so many different like items and assist trophies and 
things that, that no no fight is the same and so many different maps and you just there's always something you're like what the hell i've never seen that yeah, before yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's coming from someone who's played i've played every single smash brothers game in the past so. and i find there's so many things that you like oh like the particularly um kind of on the spirits mode where like they'll say like oh yeah all the items are this particular thing or something and you'll find it absolutely impossible to beat that thing for a while and you're like it doesn't matter what I do here I just keep losing and then eventually you'll figure out oh oh, okay that's what I'm supposed to do and so it's almost like almost like a puzzle which is odd in a fighting game but that is how you have to approach some of the things like oh okay well I just need to keep doing this until I've got enough that I can get over there and perform a smash or do something that um, can knock Mm. them off the stage so yeah I've I've found it massively enjoyable too um, and I, I genuinely did consider it for my number one. I've I've absolutely loved it. Awesome. So, um, yeah, That's, big, big. What are your favourite characters, Flux? Um, okay, go, go top see, three or yeah. See, it's a bit of a my number one is Samus, and that's a cheapskate move okay, because Samus cool. is by far the best character. But whilst I agree that every character has their strengths and weaknesses, there are some that are much much easier to play with than others. And I think, yeah, that's and true, I think yeah. Samus is by far the easiest. Um, one of <laughs> so I know it's a bit of a cheap move to say that's my number one um, and then in terms of the top three uh, probably number two Little Mac love Little Mac cool kind of real speed punch based fighter um, and then number three mm, not sure I'd go with my number three maybe Toon Link cool I like Toon Link yeah he's cool or maybe Young Link yeah one of the links probably cool Awesome. Yeah, I think there's there's so much variety that there are some characters such as, for example, Captain Olimar, where you just think, he's just a bit shit. But then <laughs> um, if you, when you see someone who's actually good with them, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, I have no idea how to beat this. <laughs> so there's definitely some with a steeper difficulty curve, but I think um, you can get really good with, with any of the characters, really. It's just some require a bit more patience and uh, kind of also a playing style that's maybe a bit different to what you'd normally have in a fighting game. Um, and I think that's certainly that's like one of the things I've enjoyed in terms of the classic mode is that do you know what I mean I completed it with Samus and Dark Samus and the links mm. and the ones that are easier to get with get to grips with straight away and then you just don't want to keep completing it with them over and over again so it gets yeah, you sure. using the characters that you wouldn't perhaps have chosen normally and trying to get good with them and trying to work out oh okay yeah this is how you use them and this is how that works and and yeah, and I think the because the different characters have different, like you say, diff, different difficulty curves in terms of getting good, you actually find mm. like, oh yeah, okay, this is almost like there's an inbuilt difficulty setting in the game. If you start with the ones you know how to use from previous games, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll try it with like King K. Rule or one of the others that mm-hmm. I don't use a lot and see if I can see if I can complete it with them. Definitely. My favourite is Captain Falcon and always has been since the start. But I play, I play loads of different ones. <laughs> I just love Falcon Punch. It's the best. Um, cool. Um, let's let's move on, Mr. Wayne. I've got a feeling that um, two of the number ones are going to match as well. Um, I mean, I've taken a punt at that, yeah. Let's find out. Um, let's go to Dave. Uh, let him lead the way on why Suspected is his number one. Uh, Dave, what have you got for us? Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, we come to my... Uh, third game released in 2018 game of 2018 of the year <laughs> for last year um, 
And uh, for me, it's Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead, is, Red Dead 2, it's a sequel um, to Red Dead Redemption, which came out in 2010 on PS3. It's uh, a prequel to that game. It's set in, it's set in the wiki wiki wild wild west. Um, <laughs> In a kind of fictionalised version of um, the kind of the west, uh, the west of the US, uh, the kind of turn of the uh, turn of nineteenth twentieth centuries, you are Arthur Morgan, a member of the Vanderlind gang, dealing um, with the decline of the kind of wild west as civilization sets in across the USA. You're an outlaw gang who moves from camp to camp evading the law whilst um, trying to make enough money to live free as, uh, as God, God well intended um, <laughs> uh, the, the game also follows John Marston who is the, uh, the main character in 2010's uh, Red Dead you play the game uh, there are there is a first person there is the ability to play this game in first person but I think it, I think most people were playing it in a third person uh, free roam game over a massive map uh, with plenty of horse riding across savannah and up snowy mountains and into uh, in, into big dirty uh, industrial era cities the game the game's story is uh, really, really well done. It's really interesting. Um, the main missions have you all over the map doing lots of different things, and there's a utter plethora of side missions as well, um, albeit they're slightly of the less variety. But the, um, the main story missions pop up across the map as um, different characters in your gang to be played at, broadly speaking, in, in an order of your choice, albeit some will only unlock once you've um, moved through a, a bunch of others so that the story kind of progresses, but lets you lets you kind of finesse it, but always with the ability to, should you wish, just jump on your horse and ride from one end of the map to the other. The map is absolutely monstrous, um, and it does take, genuinely takes kind of half an hour 40 minutes to ride your horse from one end of it to the other particularly once you've uh, unlocked some of the later kind of um, some of the later uh, states and provinces and I think the game kind of copes with it quite well with a lot of interesting um, features and this, the scale does give you a, a sense of what you know tra- traveling through the wild west would have been like when you only had a horse as with lots of rockstar um games the shooting mechanics are fairly straightforward uh there are a couple of weapons lots of auto lock on to help you but the uh the classic red dead feature is still there the ability to go into uh dead eye which slows essentially a kind of bullet time for matrix fans kind of feature where you can uh slow down time and aim your weapon at several different uh enemies at once firing uh, almost instantly to hit them all the game has been a massive success. Um, it's the second biggest launch in the history of entertainment, generating $725 million in sales on its opening weekend and shipping over 23 million copies in retail. Uh, it's been very well received by critics. Uh, Clive, I remember 
gave uh, an excellent little uh, review of it back when it was first came out, including some some comments on uh, kind of working practices in the industry, in particular this game, or certainly highlighted via this game. But the game has been what was a wonderful, wonderful for, uh, uh, single player mode since uh, since its release. There's been a Red Dead Online, which I did play to a certain extent, but I must say I was not as impressed with it as I thought I would be. There's lots of scope there for exciting things, but I found myself just getting into really boring little gunfights with people just to play utterly uh, meaningless. Um, kind of side missions and chases and driving carts through the country it doesn't, didn't seem to have much depth that releases I really think the game could have had the story revolving around your honour um, another uh, another feature of the main game as well which I think talks about the review the first time a, a feature that I don't think a single game has ever done well and I wish they would stop trying where they try and impart a moral sense on your um, decision making through the game with a um, which then affects a ranking on an honor scale from good guy to bad guy essentially but as with this as with every other game that's ever done this the story calls for uh, a moral arc if it doesn't have one then you're not really being told a story are you you just make you're, you're making one up and you know you you're not you have very little choice over the way the story ends, uh, it ends the way the story, the way the story does. So that that feature, I think, is slightly overegged in the main game, and in the online world, it means that you can or can't play certain missions, but you can flip through your honor in only a couple of acts. So you can you can run around being a good guy, saving everyone, and, and play an online level that's for good people and go and in cold blood murder some civilians until you're back down to a bad level and go and play the mission that was locked to you when you're a good guy. It's fairly meaningless to be honest and it just meant that um, there was a lot of faff to get between some of the content that should in theory have been there for you anyway. So yeah, not, not wasn't a massive fan of the online. I've heard that there are some changes and things coming and I'm going to hold on to it for uh, a little while longer yet because if its online mode becomes anything like half as successful as Grand Theft Auto V's then um, I might still get some playtime out of this game yet but the single player alone was one of the most wonderful gaming experiences I've ever had I thought it was fantastic and regardless of the fact that it only makes up one third of my list this year uh, it's I think it would have um, would have uh, been hard pressed to have beaten this on uh, a list of any game for the last few years. Uh, yeah, really wonderful, really wonderful game. Um, I'll chime in here to say that this was the only other game of 2018 that I played. Um, pretty much echo all of Dave's thoughts, regardless of the workplace claims, which are troublesome. Uh, much like the pyramids, this is still an impressive achievement. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the periods were quite a long time ago, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, we probably should have moved on, but you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it is absolutely an unbelievable uh, world that this game creates. I, I don't think I've ever been as immersed in anything. And I am a huge sucker for Wild West films anyway, so this was always up my alley. 
I don't really have too many criticisms of the actual gameplay. Um, perhaps a tad easy at times, but honestly, um, I don't have enough time to be good at games anymore, so uh, I don't mind a game being relatively easy. Yeah, I mean, like it, it, it lived up to the hype anyways, all I'm going to comment on, uh, because I'm, ass I'm assuming that James Flux may have it as his number one as well. We will see, though. I'll probably invite him in to say that now, because it should have been Clive next, but just in case, Flux, was this your number one? Yeah, it was, mate, yeah. Um, well, you may, as, you may as well have your piece now, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's difficult, because Dave did such an excellent job of uh, explaining why it's such a fantastic game, um, and really, I just echo his sentiments. I haven't completed it yet, the main reason being I've just been crazy busy at work, and the time has been a constraint because I've put in a lot of hours but that really is a testament to the humongous size of this game's uh, single player um, but it is absolutely brilliant it's incredibly immersive it's the visual just the attention to detail is constantly incredible you constantly think you're used to it and then you come to an area that's slightly different or you see something that you haven't seen before and you're like oh wow the level of kind of conscious attention to detail of the gamer's experience for even parts of the map that probably 1% of the gamers might see riding through on a horse on a shortcut between two areas or something like that is genuinely absolutely incredible um, and the story is incredibly well written and incredibly well thought through and the characters despite are so likeable despite being horrible people generally yeah it's obviously you can play the way you want in terms of as Dave said in terms of the kind of positive or negative morality aspect I suppose but yeah like Dave I, I felt that was I felt that was a bit tacked on um, on the basis that as Dave says you, you can pretty easily um, switch between the two and you can even occasionally find yourselves accidentally flipping like doing something that changes your morality and you're like oh that's that's not really what i wanted but it's fine it has absolutely no impact on me whatsoever so yeah i can but i know why they've obviously included that as it was quite a big selling point of the first game as well um and the kind of reputational aspect was there and so obviously they wanted to keep that in um but yeah I, like i say i can't really say anything more than dave already has it is absolutely incredible it's I think anyone that's played it is going to put it as their number one game of the year. And as Dave said, I think if you put it in context of any given year, it would be a number one game. It is absolutely incredible. And obviously we discussed in a previous episode the issues that there may have been to obtain the attention to detail that there clearly is. Um, but I, I don't think you can hold that against the quality of the game itself. Albeit, yeah, okay, there are maybe some issues. But yeah, an absolutely fantastic game and a clear number one. Right, excellent. Uh, did you? I, I know you played it a little bit, Clive. Have you played it any more since we last talked about it? Um, no, I haven't. No. So, is um, it something um, you're going to play? Probably at some point. Yeah, I'm. I, I'm less angry now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't get back into that. But um, yeah, I'm. Re I'm ready to play it. But it's just fucking massive, and I kind of can't be asked. Um, and also, <laughs> yeah. when I when I played it, I was like, it's a. I don't know, it just, it was too, obviously it's going to be similar to The Last Red Dead, but it was like, I don't know if I want 50 more hours necessarily. It just hasn't necessarily, you know, hooked me in. At the minute, I'm more like, to minute, at the minute, the thing that most appeals to me is when a game says it's eight to ten hours long. 
And I'm like, cool, <laughs> that's something I can get in. I can play that game and then I can move on to the next game and not, I don't know, doing the same thing for 50 hours doesn't appeal to me so much anymore unless it's something that I'm like, yes, I really, 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 really want to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I'm sure I'll get around to it, but I just don't really know when. <laughs> But Fair I do enough. want to play it because it does look amazing and yeah, I've heard so many good things about it. So and I'd loved, you know, Red the original Red Dead is one of my favourite games. So I'm sure I will love it when I get around to it. But it's just the motivation's not there. Fair enough. Well, what have you been motivated to play then? What was your number one five? <laughs> uh, my number one is a game that I played right at the start of the year. I can't remember exactly I think January or February it came out. Celeste on the Switch. Um, which is a two D platform about Madeline. Uh, the main character climbing Celeste Mountain. The mountain's kind of a, a metaphor for her depression. And the game is, uh, I think it's like a triumph in not only how it tackles the kind of tricky subject of depression, but in how fun the game is as well. I mean, I think there's always games um, that people have connected with. Life is Strange is one that, you know, I've got issues with, but I know a lot of people have connected with it and think it's really great. And because it's got a really good story, I don't think anyone could argue that the gameplay in Life is Strange is any good because um, it's it's not. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's very rare that those two things kind of link up. They've either got a really good story because it's quite linear and there isn't all that much um, in terms of gameplay that you can do, or it's really good fun uh, and the gameplay is amazing because... It just goes, right, well, fuck the story and uh, <laughs> let's make a fun game. Super Mario Odyssey might be a good example. Um, so it's quite rare that the two things match up really well. And it's really rare that the in this game, I think the actual gameplay itself links in with the story because it's about her kind of tackling this depression and the difficulty of the game actually links in with the difficulty of what she's dealing with. And um, the two things just tie together probably better than any game I can think of, really. It's really challenging and that works in my opinion, because of, like I say, the story, but also because of the like heavily checkpoint point, pointy nature. It's a very, it's like you go past one screen and then you're onto the next screen and then you're just worrying about that screen. And then once you've got past that screen, you're worrying about the next screen. Um, so it's heavily checkpointed and you're always kind of just have to beat that specific screen, which makes it feel more manageable. It's very chunky and you can think, okay, you never feel, I never got particularly frustrated, even though it does get really really difficult towards the end and you might have like you know sometimes hundreds of goes on the same screen <laughs> just because it's ludicrous but it's so fast that you dying and to going straight back to the start that it doesn't almost feel like you get you're a little bit annoyed oh god damn it i fucked it up again but um it doesn't feel for me it wasn't that frustrating and this is coming from someone who usually gets frustrated with that kind of thing a lot um i think it's one of the greatest 2d platformers of all time i it, it might even be my favorite it's certainly up there with super mario world in my opinion it's um challenging and yet really rewarding gameplay like there's extra challenge to ridiculous levels that if you want it but it feels completely op optional but also not pointless if you know what i mean it's still rewarding to do it um, i haven't completed all of it because there's some of the things that are just so stupidly difficult to the extent where you'd have to get so good at the game and it's you know i'm not always that motivated to get ridiculously good at games and but you don't have to do it to finish the main story. I think most people can do it, and yeah, it's difficult. And it, but that makes it feel like more of an achievement when you finish it. Um, and the it's the story that for me ties it together and makes the whole game just like a real, really memorable thing. More so than maybe if it was just an amazing platformer or nothing else. Um, so yeah, it's completely. It's just chock full of heart. It's not made. You know, it's a very indie small studio game. And you can just tell that they've put everything into it. And it's my game of 
2018 because I absolutely love it. And I, it's the kind of game I want to go back to and you know play again at some point. Probably this year I'll go around to playing it again. I can't remember how. I think it is probably around about the eight to ten hour mark to finish the you know main story without the ridiculously difficult extras, <laughs> from what I remember. So it's hits that nice little number that I like. Yeah, Celeste. I think everyone should play it. I know it's won quite a lot of awards. The music won a lot of awards too that's excellent and um it's in a 16-bit style i don't think i've mentioned so it looks kind of like a snes game and it's beautiful yeah awesome everyone to check it out and it's not that expensive because it's maybe like 15 quid i can't remember exactly but it's brilliant cool i think i remember you reviewing this actually and i remember it sounded interesting but um is it on switch by any chance or is it yeah yeah i played it on switch yeah it's on everything it kind of I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's PS4, Xbox One, anything you want, you can play on. But um, I've played it on the Switch, yeah, because you can. It's a really good handheld game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 16-bit graphics and the short kind of, you know, it saves every time you go to a new screen. So <laughs> it feels, yeah, like you get. It's a game where you put it on and you feel like you're getting somewhere every time. The problem with mm. games like um, Red Dead and things that are really long, if you play it for 15 minutes, you've, you've got nowhere. <laughs> so you need to mm. sit down and uh, have a good chunk of time to play it, whereas this is more like, even though the levels are massive quite often, you know, you're like, okay, well, I've played 15 minutes and I've got three screens along. So you feel like you've made progress, which is nice. Excellent. Has anybody else played this uh, since Clive's review? I've not, no. No. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely very excited to give it a go, though. Right, well, now we have the difficult task of making a consensus top three. Yeah, it might not uh, be that difficult, I'm thinking. I mean, uh, number one is clearly going to be Red Dead. It's two people's number one. Yeah. Um, as much as you might want to veto it, Clive, not possible, I'm afraid. Uh, no, I'm fine with it going there. Two people have got it at number one. Um, I think it's utter garbage. I'm I think that um, Smash Bros. is clearly number two. two That's what I would say, in. yeah. Um, which leaves the number three slot, really, which is less clear. Um, do you do you want to make a case for... Um, so I'm going to guess that you're going to make a case for, for Celeste, Clive. Um, does anybody else want to make a case for their game making the number three slot? Um, I'd, I'd probably make a case for Spider-Man, but I appreciate it's going to be difficult because... I've not played Celeste and Clive hasn't played that. It is genuinely a really good game and I, I think it would deserve to be up there. But I I think ultimately I would default to Clive as I was looking to do my research uh, for this year um, and looking at the lists of games that came out and other mainstream reviewers' lists. I saw Celeste beat some Red Dead Redemption for some people and... I'd, I obviously I haven't played it, but the fact that some people were willing to do that suggests to me that it is it, it must genuinely be an incredible game, and so yeah, I'm happy I'm happy to default to Clive, but I genuinely think Spider Man's a really really well created and brilliantly fun game uh, that would deserve consideration. Cool. I suppose my argument would simply be it's my number one. Yes. Um, so okay, okay, it's great, and it is in my opinion one of the you know, it's in my opinion one of the greatest two D platformers of all time, and I've played a lot of two D platformers. It's <laughs> one of my favourite genres. I was just genres. about to say that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I heard Clive say that the foot that time, and I thought, well, yeah, but yeah, I can't not be in the top three, can it? Yeah, as I said, I would I would happily default to happily default to Clive's expertise, given that I haven't played it. 
and can't make a direct comparison. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was a lot easier <laughs> than I expected. Um, <laughs> okay. Right then. Uh, so let's go through a list. So we love lists. Um, at number number three, we have Celeste, uh, the greatest two D platformer of all time. You heard it here first. <laughs> One of. Uh, I believe you said best, and there's yeah, only. Yeah, you said I think best. I, I think I believe, yeah, it was, it was between that and Super Mario World. I couldn't quite decide, um, but. Yeah, that, that's a fact. And um, there's also only one wimpy in the world, and it's in Doncaster. Uh, a lot of it's gone to the world now. It started in, it started in the country. Yeah, there's only one wimpy in the world. Donnie. <laughs> At number two, we have um, a the latest in a huge series of fighting games, Smash Bros. Ultimate. How does it rank, by the way, compared to the others? Quick thoughts, Clive. I mean, it's difficult to say it's not the best just because it's got so much more stuff. Um, and I okay. think the gameplay itself is there'll be you know competitive knobheads they'll say melee is still better because um, melee was and just until now it got cut from Evo the competitive fighting uh, tournament much to uh, some people's dismay but yeah I think it's I think it's better there's way more options um, I don't understand how it couldn't really be better and I suppose it, if you really think that may I think maybe that melee combat has more ability to get ridiculously good and maybe that kind of thing but. Yeah, in my opinion, it's more important for it to be inclusive and easy to get into. So, yeah, I, I think this is the best one purely because it's just got it's got all the fighters that the previous ones have had, pretty much all the stages that the previous ones have had, plus extra stuff, and it looks nicer. Cool. And then at number one, we have the AAA game to end all AAA games. It's no surprise, Red Dead Redemption <laughs> Two um, would would have been my number one as well. Although I only had two games to go on, to be fair. now to see how much i can get get celeste for i think my takeaway from this is i'm gonna order it for my switch yeah d- um, d- oh. how much is it on switch at the minute for the uh for the listeners um, i'm out. trying to find now bear with me it's the kind of thing i could imagine being on sale on psn although the switch have got better with sales to be fair digital sales so maybe you can also oh. get it on that at some point um but. well the tension is mounting uh, <laughs> while i, I try to find finish. this uh, yeah, I'm struggling. Has anyone else um, do you want to give a mention to a game that he played this year? That eighteen loved? pounds, a, by the way. Eighteen, 18 pounds. Okay, cool. seventeen. Well, I'd say it's obviously worth that, but also it'll probably, if you wait around, it'll definitely drop. I've definitely seen it for about ten at some point, so I'm sure it'll go on sale again. Has anyone else got a quick mention they want to give to a game that they played a lot of this year that didn't come out this year, <laughs> but they really loved? Mm, no, <laughs> nothing. I. I re- for me, Arms would be the one I'd mention. I really, I've really got into Arms. It came out last year on the Switch, but I really got into it this year, which is like a sort of three D fighting game, which again quite easy to get into, but a lot of depth to it. I thought it was excellent. Flux, anything? Uh, probably Splatoon Two, mate. I played a lot of that at the beginning. Of this oh, cool! Year, yeah, yeah. It is a it's a really refreshing take on the kind of uh, shoot 'em up genre. Uh, I massively enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, that'd probably be an honourable mention. Good choice. Excellent. Um, I think that about wraps us up for today then. Um, we have, this is the second of our comically late lists. Uh, we've got at least another one coming, maybe another two. Um, Dave, are you going to join us for the best of TV 2018? For sure. Excellent. Whoop. We need another TV expert. Um, that'll either be next or possibly music next if we can get the right people together. Well, it's been fun and it's nice to have you back, guys. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. a hardcore gamer anymore, so it's always nice to 
listen to you guys and the passion you've got. I remember what it's like to be one. Um, and you do give me ideas for games as well, so thank you very much. Uh, I said, I think I'm going to buy Celeste. If it was a tenner, I would already have it ordered. Yeah, I mean, it is for 18, it's not that long, I suppose. But uh, it's just that good that I think it, I'd say it's worth it. But also, it will drop. You could try the other platforms, it might be cheaper on PS4. I, I, checked, it, I checked it on PSN whilst uh, I was looking it up, oh, and it okay. is the same price on PSN uh, as it okay. was for the Switch. So I prefer as well the, um, like, I've got the Pro Controller on the Switch, and I prefer the stick. I find the kind of PS controller a little bit inaccurate, which for Celeste is a bit annoying. I know some people insist on playing Celeste with a D-pad. I, I played it with a stick and thought it was fine. Um, so, and I, you know, I got through the game. <laughs> cool. So. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, Dave Peeling, uh, give us an interesting goodbye. Uh, Christ. Pressure. Bye. Right, well, you know, that's, that's one take on it. Any anything anything you can do better there, James Flux? Uh, no. Why? <laughs> you want to have a go, maybe? Something interesting as a goodbye. I don't know. Um, sayonara. Is that goodbye? That'll, that'll do. Like, I, 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 I can do my favourite dad joke. I heard. Go on, oh, then. let's have it. that go. Can on. I do that? Yeah, yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, please do that. There's the uh, grand patriarch of a large family, and he's lying on his deathbed. And his vision's failing him. And he says to the doctor, Doctor, my vision is failing. Can you tell me, are my grandchildren here by my bedside? And the doctor goes, yes, all your grandchildren are gathered here. Oh, thank you, doctor. Doctor, as my vision's failing me, can you tell me, are my, are my children here? So yes. Yes, all your children are gathered around you at your final moments. So, oh, thank you, doctor. Doctor, please tell me, has my wife made it here to my hospital bed on my dying day? So, yes. Yes, your wife is here watching over you in your final moments. Oh, thank you, Doctor. In that case, why the hell is the bloody kitchen light on? <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Absolute dad central. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. Brilliant. The only thing that was missing hey. was the ending. It's like Blackpool Illuminations in here. That's the uh, <laughs> the standard dad response to one light being left on somewhere. <laughs> yeah. That's it anyway. Right. Well, th- thank you. on that note, thank you very much. Come back and listen next time to our next Comically Late List. And remember, uh, there's only one wimpy in the world, and it's Doncaster. Uh, uh, s- stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around